they're very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. What's going on, y'all? And welcome to the 40th episode of the Warcry Podcast. I'm your host, Yehola Tiger. And on this episode, you know, I haven't really been talking about a lot of sports. And if you don't like sports... Hang on. If you're like, nah, I ain't really trying to hear this. Bear with me. We're going to talk about sports conspiracies on this episode. Excuse me. One thing about sports conspiracies, and and this is not going to be a very long episode, um, but one thing about sports conspiracies is that we, we really don't know. We really don't know. Because the outcomes of games are very, you know... Could could go either way on some occasions, but before we get to it, um, so over the the course of the last couple of weeks, I've you know put out interviews with Dono from Res Scares, appreciate him, and then Matt Knapp from Bigfoot Crossroads, and I appreciate him, fellow Oki. Um, I had the I had the the honor the privilege to go on, um. Bigfoot Society. Um, this is this past week. I think it dropped Tuesday. Um, I thought that was a pretty fun episode, pretty fun interview. You know, there's a lot of times with some interviews that I've done, it's it's more of the host talking. Um, now I can't. No, it's not not for. And I've done Matt's and his is not like that. But I've been on some, you know, different live streams and things like that where I was like, man, it's like, oh, this is like not even really me talking. Like I'm just kind of here, but. And I like to talk, but anyways, that's probably an ego thing, I guess. But, but, um, but one thing that I thought was very interesting is the Bigfoot community as a whole. It is very strange to me how people like have gravitated to this subject and has, I don't know how to put this, but kind of made themselves into almost like a fanatical group. It's very strange to me. Like it's very like I look I look in from the outside like I'm just a guy who likes Bigfoot, but like I don't talk about Bigfoot all the time. And people are so like thirsty and so frothing at the mouth for like Bigfoot information that it's just so it's almost comical. And I'm not trying to trash on the Bigfoot community and I know there's some people from you know, Bigfoot Crossroads and Bigfoot Society who are, who are you know, listening to this. Um, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about these people that come on the internet and they just be wilding. They just be going crazy. And, or they like, I don't understand. I, another thing I don't really quite understand is like this social media Facebook group thing. But, but I've got a little taste of that this week. I was kind of, it was very interesting. You know, some people were, you know, coming over here and being like, oh, you're not a Bigfoot podcast? It's like, uh, no. I talk about everything. And I think that's what makes my podcast a little bit different. And if you've been with me for this entire ride, you've seen that, like, we go from true crime, we go to conspiracies, we talk about some native stuff, we talk about uh, Bigfoot, you know, Dogman, all that stuff. Well, we, 
I like to hit every gamut and every aspect of kind of what really spooky things are, I guess. But it was just very interesting, and that was kind of a little observation that I had that I have for that because I just was like, man, you guys are really going hard for what? I mean, in the interview that I with 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 Jeremiah, I just was like. We really don't know, and we're never probably ever going to see, and we're never going to uh, be, I don't think we're ever going to be able to capture Bigfoot, honestly. I'll be 1,000% honest. Um, I don't think I don't think that that's a possibility um, at this time. And, you know, one thing that I thought was very, you know, it, it's just, like I said, I think people get close to it, and then they they want more, and it's like an addiction, and one thing that if you're going to come over here, if you come over here and you're, you know, you're hearing this from the, one of those other shows, you know, Bigfoot is one of my favorite topics to talk about, but it's like beating a dead horse. And it's like, Hey, there's only like, not, there's only so many different encounters, but like, I just don't know how you guys like, you know, keep, I don't know how to say it. You guys just keep going. You guys are like, and Kudos to y'all, but it ain't me. <laughs> I'll be like talking about something like I'm like mid conversation, like all right, man, it's kind of I'm not really feeling this anymore. Like, and that's just in my daily life. I'm like, man, this is we're hitting we're hitting some minutia at this point. But but yeah, like I said, I, I appreciate everybody that's had me on their show, and you know, I I've, I've had some other people reach out to me about coming on their show, and we'll see what happens. You know, I like to do my own thing. I'm kind of a a lone wolf in that that aspect and kind of you know how i operate in my life and and how i do things i'm kind of you know picky about certain things and you know i don't want to go on shows where people got beef and drama i just uh, ain't my ain't my style but but you know like i said it was very, it's been a very interesting last couple weeks i guess last few days just kind of seeing the different opinions and things like that i just it's very intriguing to me to to see that and I appreciate um I appreciate them having me on and I appreciate uh Bigfoot Society uh Jeremiah having me on that was a lot of fun man you know I I told a story that I hadn't really talked about very much and I think I might have mentioned it once or twice might have mentioned it like briefly on a live stream but you know I had seen a hyena this week or this past week like a in-person hyena like I was Basically, there was a between me and a fence. There was a hyena, and this is out in kind of Metro West uh, Oklahoma City, and and it wasn't out in the it wasn't like out in a field. I'm gonna say that it was at a it was at one of these like little zoological parks or whatever. But they had a like a full grown female hyena, and I looked at that thing, and I'm like, man, that thing is big. It's bigger than like I thought. Because I look at like we look at on TV, and like the lions are just like way bigger. And we kind of assume all oh, these hyenas are hyenas are like little scrawny things. Like, no, nah, this thing was a tank. This thing was a beast. And there was a story that <clears throat> that I had kind of come in a weird way about finding out about, and it was about these two girls that I picked up when I was Ubering. This is five years ago, maybe more. <clears throat> but I was picking them up in Bigsby, and there's kind of this little road that goes, and like you're going south into Bigsby proper, like you're going right into downtown or main street and there's it's i mean it's memorial south of memorial 
if you guys know the, that road in Tulsa, if you're a person in Tulsa. <clears throat> but um, there's a road that you take a ride on when you're going south, and then you kind of loop back, and then you go back into a bunch of nice, really, really nice houses. And as you keep going, you <clears throat> it gets kind of more like wilderness. And I picked these two girls up at the end of this kind of this road, and they were like, hey, we're going here. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. We're going here, and I was in. You know, I kind of looked at it, and I was like, oh, "Okay, that's not too far." So I went ahead, and you know, we went ahead and was making our way, and I had the music on, and the girls were like, "Hey, um, you know, what was that?" You know, talking to each other. Yeah, you know, what what was that? And the other girls like, "Man, I don't know. That was weird. That was so strange." And she was basically saying that it looked like a dog, but it wasn't. It was bigger than a dog, but it wasn't as big as the tr- the car, and. I can't remember how they described it, but essentially this thing was watching them next to one of their vehicles. And when the way the way that I remember that they described it, that it was like a it had like a weird body. And it wasn't like a normal it wasn't like a normal looking dog. You know, dogs kinda of have a straight back and then it obviously the tail and the legs and it's all one, you know, length. And as I'm sitting here, I sit here thinking about that that night and them describing that. They were so frantic and they were so like, not frantic's not not a good word, but you could tell that they were like something was off, like they were frazzled. And that was one thing that's kind of interesting about that story is Jeremiah brought up hyenas, and I was like, man, that's that might have been it, you know. I was really kind of thinking, you know, as after the interview, I was like, man, that's interesting because. The way they described it wasn't like a dog, and it didn't stand up on two feet. And I was thinking kind of dog man at the time. Like later on, this is back before I even heard about dog man. I heard about I heard about werewolves, but you know I didn't know what the term dog man was. I thought it was like I don't know, man, half man, half dog, or something. I don't know. And you know, as I, you know, as as I was t- describing that and remembering those girls saying that, I was like, man, that might have been a hyena. But, you know, you just never really know, though. But that was a little interesting story that if you guys go and listen to Big Bigfoot Society, I, I had totally forgot about that story until he mentioned hyenas. And I was like, man, that might be very interesting. Because, like I said, they didn't describe it like a dog. They said it was bigger than a dog, but it didn't look like a dog. And so I was like, hmm, interesting. But, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, uh you know, that's one thing that, like, I, that's the reason why I like doing interviews is because people don't know the things that I talk about. And it's kind of funny with a reaction when I mention certain things. Um, you know, like the, the the octopus. I know that's been an episode. It's in uh, Oklahoma uh, Myths and Legends. And I had a kinfolk tell me about a time they saw an octopus running across the, the one of the roads in Lake Eufaula. And I know Thunderbird and Tenkiller have those legends, too. And I thought it was kind of funny that he, you know, he's coming from the Bigfoot world and he's from Iowa. You know, Oklahoma has all types of kind of crazy things, but, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a lot of fun. And like I said, I got some other, I possibly got some other interviews lined up, um, that I'll, that I'll announce when the time is right. But, you know, at this time, I don't know, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm kind of at a spot in my life where, I can kind of not make decisions for myself, but I I, I kind of enjoy doing this podcast thing. 
and it's 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 becoming more fun and you know with the help of you guys and the support from you know people that are listening especially people who are coming in from other podcasts and they heard me and they're like man i really like what this guy's got to say you know i appreciate it too you know it's i can't do this you know it's like me just talking into a mic and then you got and then no one listening and so it takes two to tango on that and so i appreciate you guys but um like i said this episode's not gonna be that long um there was some news that came out um, regarding a kind of a PED lab that got busted back um, in 2013. And at the time, I remember, this is me now, 2012, 2013, Kobe Bryant's still in the league. He's my all-time favorite player. If you guys have seen my, if you guys, uh, when, when I do a live and I get my video right, you guys will see my Kobe Bryant stuff hanging up and my Lakers stuff. But at the time, Kobe was kind of on the on the, dec- on the decline. And, you know, I had to hold his legacy up and hate on LeBron James. I absolutely cannot stand LeBron James. I, 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 if people, you know, say that they like him, that's fine. But, like, I can't stand him. At the time, in 2013, his name was connected with a PED lab that was – uh, testing those things. It was testing PEDs, and that was a known uh, place of interest when it came to performance-enhancing drugs. And the news came out uh, about two weeks ago that his best friend and his manager had visited and paid for performance-enhancing drugs, such as testosterone. Um, there's another type of drug that... It starts with an E. It's not. I was gonna say estrogen, but nah, that's not it. But it's uh, but it's basically what it does is it, it heals you faster, and it's it's human growth. It's basically human growth hormone. And it come out that they uh, that when they these, this file was declassified from 2013, their names are mentioned in it. Well, if if you guys can, if you're a sports person, you watch the the Miami Heat back in 2013. LeBron would look like a dang puffer fish. He was all big and buff, and you know, he was real muscled up. People, were, you know, he was a tank basically. And one thing that really caught my eye was in the, like I said, 2013 Finals against the Spurs, when there was a report that went around that basically he had gained like 20 pounds or lost 20 pounds. Like he, it was like a huge weight fluctuation. Um. And I believe it was probably, I mean, it was definitely, you know, something. And that report came out. Well, that was quickly buried, and it was Brian Windhorst who had brought that up. And at the time, everyone was like, oh, that's weird. You know, maybe it's just sweat. Maybe he was just had a bunch of water weight. Well, one thing that, that those drugs that he was taking back in 2013 do is they make you retain water, and it increases your stamina. You're not having to intake much water. You're not dehydrated. You can keep going. And it also prevents lactic acid. And so, you know, he basically was Superman in that in that instance. Still couldn't shoot a jumper, couldn't go left. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, and the FBI came out two weeks ago and said, oh, he had no... He, he didn't have any involvement. Well, back in 2013, there was an assistant in that lab that 
stated that there was a man named by the initials of LJ who would come in with his manager and purchase these performance-enhancing drugs. Now, the question is, is, did he do that? Now, we go back all, and then we go all the way back to the early 2000s with Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, in that scandal. They had to go in front of courts and depositions and all this stuff and essentially have to prove that they didn't illegally buy that stuff. But I find it very interesting. And, you know, everybody knows LeBron has been able to be Mr., you know, basically Superman his entire career. Never got hurt, never had career uh, altering injuries until now. Well, now he looks half of the size he did back then, obviously, because you're getting older, but still. It's very interesting. You know, very interesting conspiracy that LeBron James has basically altered his career. Another kind of interesting sports conspiracy that I think about quite often is Jimmy Butler being the son of Michael Jordan. Okay, back in the day when Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Butler was a little little guy, his mom always told him that his dad was famous and that she was not allowed to say who his dad was. Well, obviously Jimmy Butler is a star in the in the NBA, you know, and people started kind of looking at Jimmy Butler. Well, Jimmy Butler was born and raised in Chicago, um, single mom, and Jordan was playing for the Bulls at the time. And Jordan had this, this one thing too that nobody really talks about. Jordan had a lot of problems um, in his playing days. Michael Jordan. Um, and he really never was the guy that people thought he was. He had a, a crippling gambling addiction. Um, the next conspiracy I'm going to talk about after this one is regarding his dad. But, you know, Jimmy Butler growing up in Chicago and his mom having a lot of connections to the Chicago Bulls. Like, she was a maid for one of the players. or She did some type of, you know, she did something regarding the Chicago Bulls. I can't exactly remember. Um, but Jimmy Jimmy looks pretty close to Jordan. If you guys pull up a picture and you guys do the comparison, I swear it looks just like him. Like, they look similar. And, you know, like I said, Jordan didn't, didn't really have a, like, he wasn't the, the squeaky clean guy that everybody thought he was. You know, he we'll go back to his gambling here, and this is kind of the next conspiracy is that his dad was killed because he owed a lot of people in Vegas, all the mobs in Vegas at the time. Now, his dad was driving home, and somehow how the main story goes is that he had passed out on the side of the road and and he was basically robbed, murdered, and you know, and then left for, you know left. Well, at the time, if you guys remember, this is 94, 93, um, Jordan is under some type of probe-ish type thing where they're looking into his, his personal life and come to find out that he had all these gambling debts. Well, allegedly, the NBA asked him to step away from the game to let this kind of die down. Um, there was newspaper articles um, in different local papers. This was not national. That this was this is all local papers that 
you know, Jordan was, was allegedly asked to step away because of his gambling problem. And he eventually decided to do that and go play baseball after his dad was murdered. And one thing that's kind of interesting about this conspiracy is that Jordan kept on, he has continued to gamble. And if you guys were, if you guys kind of look at the trajectory of his career, you know, he won three and then won another three. And then he gained, got ownership. And we always, and, you know, one of the biggest conspiracies in Hollywood is the, the sacrifices people take and do to their loved ones. Very interesting. You know, but Jordan um, basically stepped away from baseball, stepped away from basketball, let it die down, and then came back a year and a, a, year and a half later. And it's very interesting the way his dad, because his, they said that his dad was basically brutally murdered and, and this, this, and this, but it looked, according to some local papers, and I think I want to say it was, obviously, conspiracy people talk about this all the time, but it looked like a hit job, essentially. Like, it was a warning to Jordan. This also has happened to Bill Cosby. When Bill Cosby was going to try to buy NBC, his son had a flat tire on the side of the road, and he was quote-unquote robbed, but nothing was taken. It was the same, similar thing as Jordan and his father. Allegedly, it was a robbery gone wrong. And so it's very interesting, you know, talking about Jordan and, and kind of his past because he's got a lot of weird stuff in, you know, he's connected to, you know, such as, like I said, the mom, um, fixing games. One thing, too, that was kind of wild was um, – and I'm talking about a lot of basketball, but this is goes into like refereeing. And there's a video of Jordan when he was with the Wizards, and there was this ref who had been in the league for a very long time, basically saying, "Jordan, did I miss that? Did I miss that? I'm sorry, Jordan. Michael, I'm so sorry. I, I won't miss it again." And Jordan looks at him like, "Yeah, you better not." And this kind of goes into football in the NFL and it being rigged. Now, this is something that's been coming up here in the last couple weeks that I've seen as well. I know Arian Foster came out um, a couple years ago, or maybe I think about a year ago, actually, and, and talked about how at the beginning of every season he played, there was a script given to him. And they would say, hey, this is the script of plays of what's going to happen in this game, and this is every week. He would get a script. And... Larry Johnson, who played for the Kansas City Chiefs back in the early 2000s, came out as well and said, yeah, I was given a script of every game. He said, I knew I was going to lead the league in rushing by the end of the year because of you know, what, what my script was. And he was given that every, every year. And, well, and then and he also mentioned there were certain play calls where, I mean, if you study football and you know football, you know, you know for a fact that certain coverages equal a positive gain because of the way there's alignment, things like that, unless the defense disguises it. Well, Larry Johnson realized, hey, there's no, there's only four in the box or five in the box, and I got six linemen or five linemen plus a tight end. Yeah, I'm probably going to get 10 yards, 10 yards of carry. And he started noticing that. And there would be certain games where, like, it was totally dumb for the, the opposing team to continue to put five in the box. And, the, and what I mean by the box, if people aren't sports people, basically within uh, 
five yards of the line of scrimmage in inside the tackles. So the t- line of scrimmage, the tackles, five yards off the ball, five yards off the ball. That's the box. And he started noticing that there was le- there was less people in the box, and they'd run the ball, and he he would you know score a touchdown or you know twenty yard gain or whatever. And in practice, they would say, "Hey, this is the play that's going to get you a twenty yard gain. We guarantee it." And he thought it was very strange that the coaches like how did the coaches know that they were going to call that, you know, it's uh, call that game. Another another kind of weird thing is when the Patriots were stealing signals. Well, stealing signals is not a new thing. That's why a lot of college teams have to put you know their billboards up so when they're making their calls, the other team can't see it. Or the people from the box. It's never the coaches on the sideline. It's always people up in the stands or in the box where they'll try to steal people's signals. Well, Patriots stole signals and ended up winning the Super Bowl. That was, you know, that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, everybody talks about Deflate Gate. You know, I don't know. I'm not really that big of, you know, conspiracy theorist when it comes to Deflate Gate, where when you deflate balls to make it easier to throw or, you know, easier to hold on to. Um, but, you know, those things, and I, I really honestly think, and this is something that, you know, I haven't really spoke about, I think all of our professional sports are rigged. Because if you think about it when it comes to the line, so like the Vegas line, you know, oh, you know, this team is favored 15, uh, 14 and a half points over this team. And if you and if you ever watch a game and really, really watch it, you will notice that there's a weird call. Oh, there's a weird pass interference call where it's a spot foul. Next thing you know, that they're going to score, and they end up scoring, and it ends up being 15 points on the over, or it's right at four, you know, right at a certain amount, which is very interesting. And I think with the adding of like DraftKings and and uh, FanDuel and all these different gambling apps, where people are you know over and under, you know, it's very very strange. You know that how a lot of these games end up, you know, hitting what it needs to hit for people to make money, and I like I don't know Arian Foster mentioned it, but I also know that um, Bonzi Wells and Rashid, and Rashid Wallace talked about this too as well when it comes to the money line. Like they're not making money if you're not hitting the line, and you know they use the 2000 uh, early 2000s Trailblazers and Lakers where that game like it went. The Trailblazers were up, basically up 15 points in the fourth quarter, and the Lakers come back, and and it was all types of crazy fouls. And, you know, that's one thing that, that how referees can, can kind of control that, and that's one thing that Tim Donahue, who was a ref who basically was fixing games on for the mob, basically came out and said that, you know, this is how, like, I'll put a guy, you know, 15 times to the line, and it'll keep that game close. And a lot of these veteran NBA players say always say, you know, for us to win by one, we gotta we, we gotta be up by fifteen because they will come back, especially in a game seven because more games equals more money, which better games equal more money. So I honestly believe all professional sports are rigged. You know, um, it's it's very I think it's very obvious sometimes, especially when like this past Super Bowl we had the Kelsey versus the Kelsey. You know, and it's just that was very, you know, storylines um, and things like that. Another thing that kind of, you know, piqued my interest when it came to, when it comes to, you know, major professional sports here in uh, America, 
is Tom Brady and Giselle have this weird dynamic. I saw this video of Tom Brady basically essentially talking about how Giselle had her quote-unquote ways and that she would predict if he would win a Super Bowl. And so there would be days or there would be times where he was like, like it was like 2008 or one of those years early or, you know, like when they, I think it was the year they played the Panthers, what it might, might've been 08. He goes, Hey, are we going to win the Super Bowl this year? She goes, yeah, you're going to win the Super Bowl, but you got to put in the work. You got to do some, you got to do things. You got to make sure it's right. And he kind of was like, what? And then she was like, no, you need to make sure it's right. And so she, so she, you know, ended up winning the Super Bowl and then every year he would ask her, "We win the Super Bowl." She goes, "Yes, no, no." And the year that they beat the year that they beat Atlanta, she goes, "You're going to win the Super Bowl, but it's going to be by miraculous means." And Tom thought that was weird. And then they ended up beating, you know, they ended up coming back from twenty-five to three in some crazy game where like no one expected it that they were going to come back and win. And all Giselle said, "I have my ways. I know how to do things, and I know." I know how to uh, to ensure my man, you know, he's he's successful. And if you notice, now that they're split up, he, you know, he fell down the wayside, man. He just did not look good, and you know, he looked, you know, didn't look right. But I think that's a lot of, you know, superstition and and things that these players always talk about. How if I got if I have to do these ritual rituals the right the right way, the same way every time and. Hopefully, you know, it works out to where now I can, um, you know, win a Super Bowl. You know, there's been a lot of players over the years, and and this is NBA, MLB. They've said that they would sell their soul, and they have sold their soul to win a championship. I know that, you know, during the the Boston Boston, uh, Red Sox, the year they broke the the curse, they said that, you know, some people on the team said they sold their soul to, to win this championship for the city. It's just things like that that, you know, that sports are just very, they're just like, it's like, a, like I said, it's like a soap opera for men. It's like WWE. Um, and I believe it is, I believe they are, the, the games are rigged. You know, like how certain players go to certain teams and now the franchise is popping. And basketball is the most easiest to manipulate because there's only five players on the field. Football's a little bit, a little bit harder. But it's just very interesting. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of sports conspiracies. I know, like I said, we may do a part two. I try to keep this one pretty light. Um, kind of talk about some things that happened over the, you know, over here the last couple months. If you've heard any other sports conspiracies, I'm going to ask that question. If you're on Spotify, I always ask questions and do polls. Let me know what, what sports conspiracies, um, uh, that you, that you'd like to hear. And we'll do a part two. I know that uh, I talked about a little bit of it on, on, uh, uh, another conspiracy episode with the uh, cartoons. Um, there's some other conspiracies that I eventually want to talk about, especially when it comes to more serious stuff. I know people wanted to hear 9-11. Eventually we'll get to that. Um, I kind of don't want to ever want to post 9-11 stuff on 9-11. It just feels kind of nasty. You know, it just feels like, oh, you know, just kind of doesn't feel right to me. And I don't try to, I try not to do things that don't feel right. And, uh, but like I said, we'll have more conspiracy stuff. Um, the next true crime episode is going to be a local one about a, a, a student here in Tahlequah, or not here in Tahlequah, a student out of Tahlequah. Um, 
and then I'll do some other um, true crimes. I know that there was uh, one out of, I think it was McAllister that I wanted to touch on. It was very weird. And then there's one in Eufaula uh, that I want to talk about, too, about a family that went missing. So um, I appreciate everybody, you know, if, you, if you're coming from a new, you know, if you're new and you had never heard this uh, podcast before, I like to do things in linear fashions. So, like, all every episode up until this point, um, unless it's like a... It's like, I always like to do prerequisites. I like to have things in kind of a linear order. Um, and so eventually when we get to like episode 100, it's going to, we're going to be really deep diving. Um, I will be doing a dinosaurs episode, which may, may get some people heated, but it's all right. We'll be fine. We'll just move on and, and we'll, we'll carry through. But it's just, I don't know, these things are very interesting to talk about. And I, I always, uh, I always want to make sure that we're hitting different things and we're not talking about the same things, obviously, like I mentioned before. But you guys can catch me on TikTok and Instagram, Warcry Pod, um, Twitter, One Man Band 918, Facebook, Yehola Tiger. Send me a message, let me know you listen to the podcast. Um, and tell. And I also want to know what episode, what's your what favorite episode you've listened to so far. Um, and also, too, you can share stories at uh, realwarcrypod at gmail.com um, send me an email or you can message them to me it, it, um, it's really up to your your liking um, I'm going to try to do some more interviews with people uh, people that I find very interesting I know I mentioned on the last uh, episode with Matt that I want to talk to people that have information because it helps me develop my information and things that I've been told and it helps me kind of uh, you know gather my thoughts really because I have so many things that in my mind I'm always like oh but I appreciate you guys listening in and I'll catch you on the next one